Getting higgy with it. Na 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 na. Kyle Higashioka and his three home run day led the Yankees to another blowout win over the Blue Jays as the Bronx Bombers are sizzling hot. We get into the seven game win streak. The big boppers returning to the lineup. And wait a minute, can the Yankees actually win the AL East? We also chat with a diehard Yankees fan and terrific actor, the legendary Chaz Pomentary. All that and more next on the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. All right, here's the Pinstripe Pod. Welcome to the Pinstripe Pod, our New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Chris Sheeran, alongside my co-host, four-time Yankees World Series champion, Jeff Nelson. Follow us on Twitter, at Chris Sheeran, yes, and Nelly is at NYNelly43. Stop what you're doing right now and go into Apple Podcasts on your phone, subscribe to Pinstripe Pod, then rate the show five stars and write in a nice review. We do appreciate it. Actor and diehard Yankees fan Chaz Palminteri joins us in the second half of the show, but first... Pull up a cup of joke and let's get in the paper with our dad botted producer. The girls love that now, don't they? Jake Brown. He does have a dad. He does have a dad bod, doesn't he? It, it's weird because I He's do. Not but a dad. I, I, yeah, but I'm not a dad. So I call it that. But I don't know if I'm legally allowed to considering I have no children, at least that I know about. We're playing Plinko for a chance at $50,000. In the paper is getting higgy with it. Only fitting with uh, the Fresh Prince house on Airbnb for $30 a night on the West Coast, which is pretty cool. Um, Kyle Higgy, Higgyash, Higashioka. Kyle Higashioka with a career day, guys. Three homers. You know, the Yankees are hot. Seven wins in a row. They're scoring runs like it's fitting for football season. They're scoring more runs than the Jets are scoring points uh, on the baseball field. I mean, how surprised were you when Higgy hit three homers last night? Isn't it amazing, Susan? Um, Yeah, he was was three for 18. (laughs) He was three for 18 uh, going into last night uh, in September. And then he goes three for four last night. Last night with those three home runs, his first three hits of his career were home runs as well. It was surprising. Uh, he's got he had six career home runs coming in. He has four this year with those three last night. And I thought the line of the night, Nelly, uh, goes to Garrett Cole because someone asked if he was uh, going to be Cole's personal catcher. But Cole flipped the script and said the way he's hitting, I might be his personal pitcher. So I, I don't know how you take a hot bat out of the lineup. You got to ride uh, with the hot uh, sticks. And, and Higgy's definitely one of them, Nelly. Can you say Wally Pip? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we can go that far. (laughs) You know, that's all they wanted from Sanchez is some power, and and he hasn't shown anything yet. So, you know, you have Higashioka out there hitting three homers, and the ball's been flying 13 homers in two games from the Yankees. I mean, this has been incredible. And, uh, you know, you're getting it from – you get get healthy, you get Stanton and Judge back, and look who is the top guy, and that's Higashioka. He goes – what, he go left field, right field, and center field? So he hit it to all, all fields. In the words of John Sterling, Higashioka, the home run stroka. That's oh, the man. call. That's that's the call he actually had. It was actually pretty awesome. And then he did. He threw in getting Higgy with it as well. And he had to do it three times. Um, Garrett Cole picks up his 100th win. He's dominating the month of September. Guys, I'm wondering two things. Are you excited to see him in October? And two, the Yankees are at a little bit of a disadvantage with no days off during the series in these, um, in these neutral ballparks. That has to hurt them moving forward if you can't have him for a game one, four, and seven. 
It does hurt. Uh, absolutely. The, when they came out with that schedule, it definitely hurts, but it hurts everybody, uh, Jake. So uh, it, no one really has the advantage. It does kill the Yankees because that's why they brought him in here. That's why they gave him all that money. They wanted to pencil him in for one, four and seven. And since he's been paired with Higashioka and I didn't know this, I'll admit it. I'll be the first one to admit it, but they, they played together in high school and they also knew another guy out there in California. His name's Aaron Hicks. So all three of them now together with the Yankees, I think that's kind of cool and since being paired with Higashioka uh in that September 5th start against the Orioles uh Cole has pitched to a 0.90 ERA two earned runs over 20 innings uh he's eliminated opponents to nine hits five walks 27 strikeouts that's against the Orioles twice and the Blue Jays once uh and with Gary Sanchez behind the dish in eight starts Nelly he's got an ERA near four well, I mean, you said that it, might, it hurts everyone, but you know, if you look at the Yankees, they have Garrett Cole, and, and Jake has a great point. They're not going to be able to bring him back, you know, like you would normally have in a seven-game series. I mean, sometimes you might be able to see these guys throw three times if you have that that day off, and especially if they pitch game one. Uh, it's going to be even more important that you have uh, whether it's Garcia, Tanaka, Hap. Uh, you know, Paxton's going to be done, so he's not coming back. So or Montgomery with no days off, it's going to be the teams with the deepest staff. That right. winds up moving on. You know, position players, it's not going to matter playing every single day as long as the Yankees can stay healthy. But pitching-wise, and you look at their bullpen, I mean, you look at their bullpen last year started complaining because they were facing the the, the Houston Astros too many times. So uh, we're getting exposed. I mean, what's going to happen now? I mean, they're going to really get exposed whatever team they play in a, in a long series. Guys, I got to say, have you done a complete 180 now? Because, you know, Chris Sheeran was ready to jump in the Hudson River about uh, 10 days ago. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I mean, you, oh, we had to have Meredith talk him off the ledge. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there were, you know, there was lots of screaming, which we rarely see from you. You, you know, you're, you're, you could see the veins popping out of your big bald head. And, you know, the Yankees are on fire. They are healthy. Stanton's back. Judge is back. Urshel is back. You know, you're three games out of the division now. You know, have you done a 180 here? Or you still have the same kind of concern going to the playoffs? No, because I've, I, I've seen this movie uh, in 17. I've seen this movie in 18. I've seen this movie in 19. They're 9 and 14 against current playoff teams right now. They haven't seen the Central or the West during the season. That's going to have some kind of effect on the Yankees as well. They are pitching their brains out right now. That's what needs to be the determining factor moving forward, especially in the postseason. If you think you're hitting seven home runs in a game against postseason pitching, you are out of your damn mind. Yankee fans get used to all the smoke and mirrors during the regular season against awful pitch. And Nelly, you could disagree with me if you want. But when you get to the postseason and you're starting to face the Lucas Giolitos of the world and the Mortons and the Snells and the Glassnows, you're not hitting seven home runs in a game. How are you manufacturing runs? It's great that Judge and Stanton are back. I get that. And you lengthen the lineup and it makes your lineup better and deeper and stronger. However, if you haven't been watching this team the last three years, then then you're losing your, you're losing your mind because this is what happens every single season. It seems like the only way this team knows how to score runs is hitting home runs. There's no manufacturing of runs. And Nelly, that's something that your teams back in the 90s that, that went through the dynasty that they were able to do. It wasn't all reliant on the home run. It was reliant on hitting runs. And, you, and, and, it, and it helped that you had a National League manager with a, a manager with a National League mentality in Joe Torre. But correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I, I need to see this in the postseason. It's great that they're turning things around. They were 5-15. and 15. They've won seven in a row. I'm not going to hold that 
that against them. They're doing their job. They're winning the games they're supposed to win. But I'm just trying to tap the brakes a little bit, not slam on them, just tap them a little bit, Nelly. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at the standings now, and guess who, if it, I hate when that comment's saying, oh, if the season ended today. Yeah, right, everybody. the same, you know, Guess who the Yankees will play? They play the Minnesota Twins. The one thing that the Yankees do have is experience. And when you go into the postseason, that will play, I think, a great deal of <clears throat> confidence. And, and experience is everything, especially when you get into the playoffs. You'll have teams like the White Sox. You look at the Rays. The o, the, a, the A's just, I don't know whatever happens with them. They're so good during the regular season. In the postseason, they fall apart. Uh, you have the Astros, another experienced team in the postseason. So you like that going into it. You know, this is just a different game. You know, they don't hit and run they don't bunt you know they, they the only way to manufacture runs for all these teams is okay we launch angle and, and you know if we had analytics you know maybe hopefully joe tory would throw them out the window because i i can't stand most of it we had to do that i mean we always did the little things i mean don zimmer was our bench coach and he he emphasized uh you know, you know stealing a base getting the runners over sacrificing yourself at the plate you know that's what we were about and, and that's probably why a lot of reasons why we won so many world series because up and down the lineup was so dangerous now you just have guys that are going to hit home runs and you go to the neutral site. I mean, the Yankees are going to be going to California and guess what happens at nighttime in California? The ball does not carry, you know, once that Marine layer comes in, even in San Diego and in Dodger stadium during batting practice in any of the California places, the ball gets out. I mean, it just flies, but once the nighttime hits, the ball does not carry. And I don't care if you have a Luke Voigt that who knows if he hits 25 homers this year, you know, you're going to have to do something else besides hit a homer to try to manufacture a run, especially when you get next past that first round. And they still have to get past that first round. That weekly screw analytics Jeff Nelson segment sponsored by the Chas Palmetteri <laughs> restaurant. Uh, it wouldn't be a show if it wasn't. And listen, I agree. I think analytics are way overused. The Yankees are three games back of the Rays in AL East. You know, the question was crazy maybe on Monday, but now we got to ask it again. Can they win this division? If you look at the schedule moving ahead, guys, the Rays have five against the Orioles, three against my Mets, and then three against the Phillies. Do you think the Yankees uh, catch the Rays here? I do. Uh, the way the Yankees are pitching and the way the Yankees are hitting right now I, you're talking about a team I think if, if I'm if I'm correct during this seven game winning streak they're outscoring opponents 61 to 15 I, I worked those last night uh it's not very hard because I could do addition but uh, looking ahead you have three against the Red Sox four against the Blue Jays three against the Marlins the way the Yankees are pitching that that's the main thing the the, the starters especially they're giving length which is making the bullpen stronger this boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, this is what baseball is. The starters give you length. The bullpen gives, is, is once again a strength because they're rested. They're not used every day. You're not mixing and matching guys because a starter can only give you four and two thirds before they're tapping out. This is what the Yankees need to do. And I think, Jeff, if they continue to do this down the stretch, are the Red Sox going to beat them? Are the Blue Jays who are seeing now the Yankees are absolutely destroying them? And I know a week can, can bring along changes because we've seen it with the Yankees. A week has made a ton of difference, but the the way they're they're pitching and they're playing and they're hitting right now with with Judge and Stanton back in the fray, Lemayhu doing what he's doing, Voight actually leading the majors in home runs. I could see them right now. I could see them winning nine of their last ten games. Easy. Oh, I, I think so too. You know, but here here's the thing: they they've really manhandled the Blue Jays so far in the first two games. Uh, you know, so who knows what's going to happen today? Maybe they do the same thing on Thursday. Uh, you look at the Rays and, and Jake just mentioned they got a doubleheader against the Orioles on Thursday, and then they play three more 
more games in Baltimore. They have the Mets and they have Philadelphia. Philadelphia is going to still be in a playoff hunt the last three days. And so are the Mets. The Mets yeah. are still around, so they're, they're going to be playing for they're something. Still hanging. They're still hanging, but maybe by then they might they might be out of it. And, you know, who knows? Uh, and then you look at the Yankees. They still have four more, well, five total if you count today, uh, against the Blue Jays. And then they're going to play a Marlins team that are right in the hunt of the playoffs as well. And those last three days, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the Marlins? Right now they're the fifth seed, the same seed as the Yankees in the National League. Who knows what's going to happen those last three days next weekend? the following weekend, the Marlins might need two out of those three. The Yankees might need two, uh, two out of those three. So it's going to be a battle. I mean, it's nothing. You have the Rays. They have an easy schedule against the Orioles, uh, you, you know, and they're going to have play three games against Philadelphia. The Yankees have the three games against Boston. They should beat them and hopefully they should sweep them. You know, that's what you want to go in. But ultimately is, is winning the East. You know, it would be a great story. I mean, they were out of it. The, the Rays have manhandled the Yankees during the regular season and all of a sudden they sneak up on them and win the East. That would be a great story. And just, just, just so we're clear, the, the postseason begins with the AL wild card on Tuesday, September 29th, game one of the 2020 World Series. It's at Globe Globe Life in Arlington. So the World Series will take place at Globe Life in Arlington. The ALCS is in San Diego at Petco, and the NLCS is at Arlington, and the NLDSs are at Houston and Arlington. And somehow this season, Game 7 scheduled for October 28th. It's going to end before Halloween. And listen, I'm shocked with all the COVID and the makeup games. They're going to try and finish this season. Old school. It always ended in the end. You know, uh, you got to give Major League Baseball a ton of credit for the way they've rolled with the punches this season and the way they've handled the COVID stuff. And they've made up the games. It's been difficult on the players, but it's given us a season, albeit a bridge. It's baseball. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming the two gentlemen that are with me right now are not going to complain that, that we have baseball around. No, I will not. Nope. And, you know, it, it's a nice tail in the Bronx for the Yankees right now. And Ooh, speaking, I see what you did there. Yeah, it's, that's why they pay me the big bucks. Speaking of the tail in the Bronx, let's talk with the guy who, you know, made a Bronx tale. It is the great Yankee fan and actor, Chaz Palminteri. We are pleased to have the legend with us, Chaz Terry. He's a Yankee fan, but we all know his storied movie career as well. He also has a restaurant in Manhattan. He's opening up a new one in White Plains. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But first, just uh, let me say thank you so much for joining Nelly and I. Um, uh, Chaz, we really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Listen, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, it's great to talk to everybody. Nelly, I want to thank you for all the great memories you, you gave me in the World Series. So I want to get that out of the way right away. Well, thank you. And I'm a huge fan, you know, huge fan of yours and so happy that you're on with us. And one day, well, when when you uh, we'll talk about your steakhouse. I mean, your Italian restaurant. You're going to open up in, um, in in White Plains, and I'll get to meet you then when when that happens. Absolutely, without a doubt, no question. Well, I'm a huge fan as well. Grew up uh, on all of your your movies, but especially uh, Bronx Tale. Uh, it was uh, it was such a inspirational movie on so many levels. Uh, growing up, uh, what is that? Uh, movie that screenplay that play mean to you, Chaz? Well, you know, mean so much. It, it's it's my my life growing up in, in the Bronx. You know, I mean, it's the first time it's ever been uh, done. You know, where a, a person I, I wrote and starred in the one man show, and then I wrote and starred in the movie, and I wrote and starred in the musical. So it's it it's it, it's been so many different incarnations that uh, uh, 
uh, and it's been just a part of my life, you know, it's it's my life and it means so much to me. People always talk about that part about Mickey Mantle, you know, uh, is Mickey Mantle going to pay your rent? You know, when Doug Mazeroski hit that home run and I just sat it on my stoop and I just cried like a baby, you know, and, and uh, I, I met this white guy who told me that. So why are you crying, kid? And I, I you know, I, I explained to him about Mickey Mantle. He was like, "Come on, Mickey Mantle's not going to tell you rent. What are you worried about? You know, <laughs> you know go, go ask." He said, "Go tell your father to ask Mickey Mantle for the rent money." So he told, you know, you know, even though I still I got it, but I didn't really get it till I got older. I was still upset. I mean, I was devastated when the Yankees lost uh, that World Series. It, it, it crushed me because. If you remember, every time they won a game, it was like 16-2, 11-1, and they would lose 3-2, 2-1, you know. And when Mazeroski hit that home run, I still see I still see Yogi Berra turning because he was playing the back of his jersey, that. yep. The back of his <laughs> oh, jersey, okay. I still see it. I still see it in my mind, you know. Uh, oh. I can still get upset about it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chaz, Chaz, when we get this out of the way, speaking of the Bronx tale, and he, it was on Broadway, and you know, I'm a big Broadway guy. I know a lot of the stagehands and a few of the actors myself and Broadway lost a very dear actor and in Nick Cordero oh, that actually God. played you and uh, you know that's right that devastating it was you know because I originally was going to do it then I changed my mind I said you know what I because I got involved in these uh, some of the films and I just thought it'd be better with a younger guy you know and we found this actor Nick Cordero who got nominated for a Tony for Bullets Over Broadway which are not which a part that I played uh, it's so strange, you know. I got nominated for an Oscar uh, for that role, and and he does it and gets nominated for a Tony, and he was amazing. He was absolutely brilliant, just brilliant. To lose him was devastating. It was really devastating to me. I still think about it. I I speak to his wife Amanda and my son Elvis, and he was a great talent, um, a great great talent. He really was. Uh, Chaz Palminteri joining us, of course. You could follow Chaz on Twitter and Instagram at Chaz Palminteri. He also has some new merchandise on his website that's chazpommentary.net uh chaz i i myself i have to go back to to the movie the bronx tale because i have to tell you this uh, maybe bring this back up a little bit and that's i i can't tell you how many times i use the door test in my own life and uh oh yeah it's that line that you you, you say to see in the movie you know if, if she doesn't do it uh she's not one of the great ones and <laughs> in 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 more words you know i can't say the actual line on the podcast but in more in more ways than one, that that really helped shape my dating life growing up. Well, yeah, I mean, so many people. I, I walk down the street, you know, my the dialogue from Bronze Steel has seeped its way into the in, into the the culture of, of of America, where you know, where I'm walking down the street and people go, "Hey, Chaz," and he points to his wife. You know, she passed the test. <laughs> you know, I hear that all, all the time. Chaz, she passed. My wife passed the door test. I hear that constantly. All the time, oh, I hear people say, "Hey, throw him in the bathroom, Chaz." You know, and especially when I walk. It hasn't up, worked I, for me yet. I, I keep waiting. Yeah. I'm fifty-three. When I get on the plane, and where, where are these? Where are these girls? Well, you know, like I said, you only get three great ones in your life. That's it. You know, that, uh, you, you could get three great ones. Some people don't get three great ones. I go, I go on a plane, and as soon as the door closes, the pilot gets on the ticket and he goes, "Now you just can't leave." <laughs> really quick, I gotta. I got to say this, since you brought it up, uh, Chaz did the Buzz in the Bronx uh, promos with us with the Yes Network last season, and they were tremendous. One of the highlights, Chaz, of that taping at our Yes Network studios, I was just, I, 
was off to in the distance sitting under one of the hair dryers with no hair, which made absolutely no sense. But <laughs> Chaz was sitting there buzzing up. I think it was David Cohn or Michael Kay. And there was a there was a lull going on. And I just said, because I couldn't contain myself, I said, now you just can't leave. And I just remember you 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 turned your head really slow. It was like it was movie-esque. And you said, hey, you said, hey, easy with my expletive line. And it and the whole place lost it. It was one of the best, it was one of the best moments of, of that shooting. And I can't begin to tell you how much that meant to me. Oh, you're very welcome. That was fun. We had a lot of fun. That was a good, that's a good memory. You know, just being there with all with all the Yankees, with everybody, with everybody being there. Just I I'm telling you, I'm I'm a diehard Yankee fan. My I you know, I lost my best friend. My best best friend to COVID. And Sorry to hear together. that. Yeah, that's okay. And he's the same age as me. My friend Phil Folia, who was a great great uh, man, the, uh, the DA ran for the, you know just an incredible human being. And he wanted the inside. We both talked about it that we wanted the inside of our coffin to be pinstripe. Oh no know? way! And to be no. Really, seriously, uh, and he would. We would have done it for him, but uh, obviously because of COVID and the way the situation was, we couldn't do that. But uh, we always talked. We, him and I, were just we were such diehard fans. Him and I are, and uh, you know, I think about him a lot. But anyway, I just had to mention that that we talked about that about the inside being pinstripes. You know, you said you were uh, crying when Mickey Mantle hit the home run. Were you crying last week when uh, when the, when the Yankees were going through all these losing streaks? And uh, you know, I'm trying to talk Sheer and Chris Sheeran off the ledge. <laughs> And, and, and yeah, I mean, because I, I just couldn't believe it. You know, I was like, "What is going on?" You know, with, with these injuries, and I mean, we're all healthy now. We're all coming back now. Judge is back. You know, we went seven seven in a row. I said, "All right, we you know we're going to be okay." You know, Garcia's. I think this kid Garcia is a great pitcher. Yeah, he's legit. I think he, yeah, I think he's legit. And people are going, "Well, what about Cole? What about?" I said, "You guys, five and three. Would you give the guy a break?" I said, first of all, this is the same record he had last year. You know, in 219, around this time, he was 5-3. and three. You know, this, you know, give the guy a chance. The guy's been dominant. First of all, you want this guy pitching in the playoffs the first game. You know, so I'm excited about him. And, and boy, and boy, forget about him. I mean, he's like, he should be the MVP of the league, this guy. I mean, this guy is just banging. Well, he's he's like a diamond in the rough. How yeah. how Cashman finds some of these guys, I, I'll have no idea because he he wasn't getting playing time. He wasn't getting playing time with the Cardinals. He was basically on their scrap heap, and Cashman swoops in and and brings him in, and now he's leading the major leagues in home runs. That's a great yeah. point out of you. I mean, this guy should be the MVP of the league. I mean, I'm telling. And JD, forget about Lemayhu. Just give this guy an open check. <laughs> I agree. Just, I was going to ask. I mean, what are they waiting yeah. for? What are they waiting for? Absolutely. I mean, he's the best player on the team. No, no question. He might be the best hitter in the league. And, and I'm not going out on a weak limb saying that either. He reminds no, me. No, I mean, he can win a batting title. Yeah, this guy. He reminds me of Edgar Martinez, and I played with him for years. And he reminds me of Edgar Martinez. That's a great point, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, he reminds me of, he don't, I mean, the guy don't strike. Remember, remember who was that guy? Paul Molitor. You know, Paul, Mol Paul Molitor used to drive me crazy. The man <laughs> never struck out. Never. He used, yep. to, he used to drive me nuts, this guy. Drove and me nuts on the mound hot. as well. <laughs> well, you, did you ever face him, Nelly? Paul yeah, Molitor? I faced him quite a bit when he was with the Blue Jays and also when the Brewers were in the American League for the first couple years I was in the big leagues. Yeah, well, you were a right-hander, so maybe you gave him some trouble. But this guy was – this guy – but but again, I mean, J.D., just give this guy an open check. You cannot let this guy go. I mean, you can't. You, you can't, you know. And so, 
I'm really, uh, I'm really excited on them. You know, I mean, they're healthy. Like I said, judges back. You know, I, I think we're gonna, we're gonna be okay. We're gonna How be tough okay. is it not gonna be able to go to the game? It's it's hard. It's really hard. You know, I'm, I'm watching so many old, you know, encore games on television. You know how bad I am as a Yankee fan. I tell people, they go, how bad? Are I said, so listen to me. I watch the regular guy watch the game on television. Then the next day, I put it on when I work out. I put on the encore. Same. Now it's the same game. I put on the encore game. <laughs> I get pissed off when I'm watching the game. I know the. Two wait, times. I know what's going to happen. Wait, wait, wait. You get pissed off watching the encore all over again? Yes. Watching the encore game over. Now, I know we won, but I'm still aggravated. (laughs) (laughs) That is a true Yankee fan right there. Absolutely. Uh, Now, we're talking about this year's team and how they're starting to come back. They're starting to pitch better. You got Cole at the top of the rotation. You got the youngster in Garcia. Uh, He's the one who stopped the bleeding uh, up in Buffalo against the Blue Jays. What about, you talked about the bad memory uh, of watching that home run and Yogi Berra go back to to the wall in 1960. You were born in 1952 too, Chaz. What are some of your big-time Yankee memories? Especially, you were born the year after Mickey cracked the big leagues in his rookie uh, rookie year. So, give give us some uh, good Yankee memories that you remember from your childhood. Well, one of the great memories that I have, I mean, I, and it's probably a lot of kids have that same memory, is I remember my, my dad was a huge Joe DiMaggio fan. So, I remember my dad taking me to first time in Yankee Stadium. And I remember walking in, I was, how old did I have been? Jesus, God, I don't know, six, seven, I don't know. <laughs> and I remember holding my hand and I remember walking through the tunnel and I remember all of a sudden looking up and seeing the field and the green, green grass. And I always think of that. For some reason, that is my fondest memory of, of, of the, you know, just going there and seeing that and I'll never forget that it was it, it was just it was a memory that stayed in my head and I mean that was one of my great memories I mean obviously when the, the World Series I mean so many of the World Series the Mickey Mantle home runs my god it, it was it's just I have so many great it's the band memories that stay in my head most what about least. let me ask you about this because my dad who just who passed recently he used to tell me about uh Denny McLean uh, when Mickey was almost done with his career and he came in with the Tigers and and uh, he grooved one to Mickey and Mickey absolutely destroyed it. And then Pepitone came up and Pepitone put his arm up where he wanted the next pitch and McLean dusted him. So it, it's stuff <laughs> like that. It's stuff like that that I remember, all those old stories that my dad told me that, you know, that really solidify my fandom. Is there anything like that that you remember? Oh, I'm trying to remember. It's so many. uh... And and by the way, by the way, the grass, I I, when you said that, I got goosebumps because I had the the first time I remember going there with my grandparents, my grandfather and my grandmother. uh, They took me to games with my parents. And that was the first thing that hit me, too. When you walk through that tunnel and that. I mean, I never saw greener grass in my life. And when you right, said that, never, yeah, never. Yeah, I, I got goosebumps when you said it. I remember in the World Series when, um, oh my God, when, um, what's his name? Willie McCovey. It was like high school. Willie McCovey hit a freaking screaming line drive to Bobby Bobby Richardson and caught the ball and it was like ah I mean of all the people to be up Willie McCovey the most dangerous damn hitter in the world you know you know screaming line drive and and people would and we were just like fainting you know as a kid <laughs> I mean that and you know it, it's it's the the jubilation that we had I had I'm, 
when the Yankees won, four, you know, a four out of five World Series, I mean, that was like, uh, my God, that was like incredible to me. You know, uh, the Yogi Berra home runs, they're, they're just like a part of my life. I mean, like I said, it's so, so many great memories of them. And memory, and I brought my son. I, I kept bringing my son. Now, my son, I brought my son to a game. I'll never forget it because... Joe Torrey was the the manager, and, and we it was a rain um it was a rain you know a rain out not a rain out a rain delay and I was sitting on the front and he said oh come on in the dugout and I came in the dugout with my son I said look at this my son's over here in the dugout with me when I was this age I was in the nosebleed <laughs> yeah you know with my father yeah. you know but it was uh it was really exciting and I and I got to know all the Yankees you know really good and you know and Joe uh, Girardi was great and now Booney you know so it's you know part of my family my son's a big Yankee fan my daughter's Yankee fan. My son went to Berkeley. He, he's graduating Berkeley in Boston. You know, and I said, "Look, I'll send you to Boston. I'll go, to you, but you cannot ever." He goes, "No." He goes, "Dad, Dad, come on, I'm not going to." You know, I said, you know, that you was, can't even mention the thing, name, Boston." Yeah, that was one thing I had after playing for the Yankees. I had a couple. I've never had an opportunity to play for the Red Sox, nor would I ever take it. But I had an opportunity to go and, and play for the Mets, and I turned it down. You know, once once I was a Yankee, because when I retired, I signed a one day contract back to retire as a Yankee and I told myself there's no way in the world that I would ever be play for two teams and that's the Mets and the, and the Red Sox so there's no way and that's uh, not very nice Nelly. I don't that was that. not going to happen <laughs> well, I mean I grew I grew up in Baltimore so I wasn't a Yankee fan and this is this is being being involved in a lot of old timers days and, and seeing a lot of the old timers and, and just sitting around and hearing them talk and is hearing you guys talk you and you and Chris talk about old Yankee memories and you know the first time I used to love coming into old Yankee Stadium I mean it was just mayhem all the time but it was just the the most thrilling thing to be on that field and look up and you you know I, I think firstborn kids their first words were either you suck or you're a bum it wasn't mom <laughs> or dad I know that but it was just it was just amazing yeah yeah I mean it's like Madison Square Garden when you play Yankee Stadium every every ball player says the first time he's in there it's it's very exciting. I mean, the history, you know, with Root and Gerd, and, you know, and, and the Magi. I was too young, obviously, to see them play. You know, I, uh, you know, but uh, I, I would have loved that. I, I, I loved uh, being with my dad. I, I loved the, the home runs. So many times when the Yankees won, me and my dad have just screaming, yelling. And we always sat up way high, like in the third thing, you know. And so now when I go to the game, I just say quickly, quickly, I, when I go to the game, for years I was doing it. I never said anything <clears throat> until Ray Narone, Ray Narone who works with the Yankees. He, he was so, he said, you don't, you, how long have you been doing this? I said, oh, I'm doing this a bunch of years. He goes, you don't tell anybody? I go, no, I'm not going to say. And then he, oh, then he said something, then it became a, a thing. But when I go to a game, I always get a ball from one of the Yankees. You know, they throw me, they throw me a ball. So what I do is I go up to the third deck where I used to sit and I look and I see if I see a father there with a, a young child a boy or a girl obviously I walk over and I, I sign it and I give it to them that's you awesome know, wow. it, yeah because my dad used to uh, you know we I never got a chance to get a ball up there so I go up there yeah. and I said here this is for you and, and my god they just they freak out and uh, I love doing that it's I, you don't I, you know that that's that's so nice to hear because you don't forget where you came from Chaz and, and you have so much success you have so much success in your life and, and, and your feet are still planted firmly on the ground. And I could speak to experience from that, from you being at yes. And from meeting you in the past at the old stadium and the, and the many times when I was a producer on the Mike and the mad dog show, 
when you came on. You were just you were just uh, aces every time. You're such a class act. And I, before before we let you go, I, I have to bring up your restaurant. You have one in Manhattan, and as I mentioned at the beginning, you're opening another one in White Plains. So wh- why don't you tell us about the success of your uh, restaurant, especially during COVID? I hope everything is okay. Uh, I know you, you're. You're having tables outside, but just give us an idea of, of what's going on with the restaurant. Yeah, we're, we're open now. Uh, we were open. We stayed open, uh, but we only have serving outside. Now, we can, at the end of this month, I think we can do 25% inside, and it's going to go to 50%. We had one of the top restaurants. Uh, we, we have one of the top Italian restaurants in Manhattan. Anybody will tell you that. You know, a great Italian restaurant. And we brought the same restaurant up to White Plains. We're doing another one there, 264 Main Street. and But this one here, we're going to serve cold fire pizza on this one. So it, 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 we're very excited by that. You know, I love Italian food. I uh, I love Italians. I'm, I'm really excited by doing all this. So uh, for people who really want to uh, love my restaurant, uh, it's been one of the top Italian restaurants for the past three years in Manhattan. Now we're going to have one of the top restaurants uh, up here in White Plains in Westchester. So we're very, very excited by it. And people who want to know, if it, and for people who want to come and see my one-man show, A Bronx Tale, because I had to stop doing it, all they have to do is go to my Instagram Instagram, Josh Palmitary, and they'll see where uh, I'll be playing it. I'm playing it all over the country. And you guys have an open invitation. Whenever you want to come and see the one-man show, whenever you want to see the one-man show, bring your wives. Uh, I'll take care of it. Please let me know. And I, that's an open invitation. Seriously. Well, you thank you very Instagram, much. We appreciate that. Go, I, will, I yeah. will definitely take you up on that. It's, it's funny no, talking about one-man shows. Chris would yeah. like to do a one man show all the time. He tells me, "I wish he, I was never on this podcast." I mean, he tries to do the one man show all the time. <laughs> well, oh, if boy. you want to ever see it, that's where it all started. When I did the one man show with De Niro, saw where I held out, and uh, they offered me a million dollars, and I had two hundred dollars in the bank, and I refused to do it. And then finally, uh, De Niro came on, and he and he said, "Look, let's do it." And uh, that's how my career started. So I still do that one man show all over the country. I'm very excited to have Chaz on, Nelly. I I apologize if I've been hogging some of the time. <laughs> no, I, I I like I said, I enjoy. I mean, this is like going to old timers <laughs> day and listening to all the great old timers and and listening to them just tell their stories. Chaz, I have to, I have to ask you this about the restaurant. Our producer Jake Brown, as we've uh, alluded to during this time here, and as our listeners know, is a Mets fan, and he does his own Mets podcast with Nelson Figueroa. But he was right. a big man, and when the Yankees and Mets had that five-game weekend set, he bet us a steak dinner uh, that the Mets would take three out of five. Now, after the first two games, when the Yankees should have won those games and lost late with their bullpen faltering, and the Mets took the first two, he was talking a lot, just like Nelly told us over and over again, how the Mets were talking a lot of smack in 2000. We all know what happened in 2000. We all know what happened over that weekend. So (sighs) he owes us a steak dinner. And I was just wondering, how's the steak at your restaurant? Let me tell you something. We have, we have probably the top steak in the city. And because my partner who owns Empire Steakhouse, which is a tremendous steakhouse too. We use the same prime steak right from there. We put it here in, in, in Chaz Palmetary. Come to my restaurant and trust me when I say this, you will say, my God, this is probably the best steak I ever had. Without a Nelly, doubt. I think we have our restaurant. All right, finally. Well, because we're not going out to where you live. 
hey, a story, the story is not that far, but but we'll do Chaz's way. I'm fine with that. I think he was talking about Connecticut. Yeah, yeah Connecticut, no, exactly. Definitely not. No, you'll love you'll you'll love the steak at my restaurant. That's the thing. We make our own fresh pasta, our own mozzarella. It is really look when you open up a restaurant and your name and your name is Chaz Palateri, You better have good Italian food there. Yeah. Yes. Okay? You, Chaz, you listen, my my grandmother's off the boat from Naples. My grandfather as well. So um, I'll, we'll, we will definitely take you up on that. Absolutely. Please come and uh, let me know when you'll be there. If I'm, in the na- if I'm in the neighborhood, if I'm down there doing some business, I'll stop by and say hi. Oh, that's, that'd be great. 2020 has been awful for a lot of reasons, but this made my year, Chaz. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Great. And good luck with the show. You guys are great. Thank you. Great talking to you, Chaz. That's a wrap for episode 28, the Joe Girardi or Sparky Lyle edition of the Pinstripe Pod, our New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Sarah McCrory for producing the show. Subscribe to the Pinstripe Pod wherever you listen to podcasts. If you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and please write a positive review if you will. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Sheeran. We'll be back Monday recapping the Yankees' three-game set in Boston and looking ahead to the final week of the regular season, believe it or not. Enjoy your weekend, and as always, stay safe.